What is up, everybody? Welcome to the newest episode of the First Five Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Pennell of Element Health and Wellness in Uptown Dallas. Guys, today I'm pumped. We are back. It's been a couple months. Uh, needed a little break. So, uh, hey, and I'm telling you guys, especially for you new chiropractors coming out, sometimes it happens where you just get overloaded with a lot of different things when you're new and your your business is rolling. You want to do all of these different items, and sometimes you just got to reel it back in and, and bring it home and, and stay true. And, and if that's the case, you know, cut out the extra things that seem to be adding stress and, and get back to the, uh, to the bread and butter. So today, without further ado, we are welcoming Coach Andrew Banner to the show. Uh, Andrew has become a good friend of mine. We actually met uh, in 2019 when first moved down to Dallas. Uh, he's, man, he's been through the gambit. He has his professional uh, fitness coaching. He coaches golfers. He's coached with big names like Jordan Spieth in the past and just a lot of cool things. So I'm really excited to, uh, to have Coach Banner talk you through his process of growing his own business, breaking out, uh, starting from scratch, and really probably the past 10 months putting a lot of, of major effort into it and seeing it grow. So welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Love it. And so this is your first podcast. So nervous, excited? I'm extremely nervous. <laughs> As I knew you would be. This yeah. is such a big time show, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I love having you, buddy. I mean, every time we get together, we're just laughing, having a good time. And, uh, you know, I love your approach to golf, to business you're a down to earth guy. You like to have fun with what you do. And uh, so walk me through, you know, why you first got into golf, why you got into fitness coaching and, and just what your love for the sport is, has become. Yeah. Well, I grew up playing golf and basketball. That was my life in high school. Didn't care about grades, cared about sports. Imagine a tall, <laughs> lanky guy, right? <laughs> basketball. Yep. And so I was a gym rat and uh, parents would drop me off at the golf course and I would spend my days at the golf course until the sun went down and then I'd nice. play a couple more holes. So yep. uh, w whenever I went into college, I went to Methodist University for professional golf management. My dream was to be the best golf instructor I could be, work with touring pros. And as I went through that process, um, I quickly came to know that I didn't know anything about the body, but I understood how to teach the golf swing really well. And so it led me down this path where I, I was hungry for more information. And I kind of jumped into fitness purely because I wanted to be a better golf instructor. And that's where I learned kinesiology. And, uh, sure enough, I graduated from college and it was around 2008 when it was tough to get a job. So I ended up going to grad school where I was a graduate assistant golf and basketball coach. So I got to continue on with my passions of coaching and uh, changing lives. And um, when I was coaching, the unique thing was at the division two level, there is no fitness program. There is no fitness um, coach. So therefore I ran the fitness for the ba women's basketball team and the women's golf team. And I was doing it purely off passion and learning by reading books. So that led me to Dallas. And how I ended up in Dallas was I came down here for an internship for fitness and purely to take it back and be a better coach. But guess what? I came here to Dallas, fell in love with fitness, and never went home. That's wild. 
Well, and so at the time, you you said you weren't really getting paid or anything when you were doing it at D2 level total? No, not getting paid, but I was getting a free education. So I was going for my MBA. Okay, awesome. So there was some skin in the game at least. Exactly. Uh, What would you say to some of the, you know, we're trying to relate it back to chiropractic. This is one of the first first podcasts that we've done really that uh, I guess since we've rebranded the podcast to the first five that hasn't been a chiropractic specific person or guest on the show, but I know that you add a lot of value to those people wanting to start a business and, you know, talk me through what it was like, essentially feeling like you're working for free. I know there was some benefit as you were, you're getting your MBA, but stuff also not physically getting paid for the work that you're doing too. Yeah, no, it was an interesting position because at the time, so I was a graduate student, I call that a job. Yep. Then I was yep. coaching women's basketball, women's golf team running their fitness programs in the off season and then i also ran the intramural program and i was in the um honors department just as like a secretary doing so i'm working five jobs really to make ends meet at that time but if there's anything that i learned when i look back on that it's like the grind of you know now that i own my own business and i look back working five jobs it was a lot of work, but it was normal to me. And so then whenever you go into owning a business, you know you can work at any given moment every single day to make your business better. So for me, it was knowing that I went through the grind back then to work as hard as I do now. And then that also relates to as hard as you want to work and as much time as you want to put in, where does your business go, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. And we'll break that down more as we move on, but how to focus, right? You know, you talking about taking yeah. a break from this it's easy to get distracted when you've got a million shiny objects around you you got to know which ones to pick and which ones to focus on yeah well i mean let's spin off of that real quick we'll go into more background in the story but how do you figure out what your focus is or should be yeah no so i in life i've kind of always gone with um, knowing my destination first and then working backwards from it and so i always tell someone if you know where you're trying to go we can find a map to get there and it's not always going to be the direct line. Sometimes you're going to get thrown off course. But um, so knowing your destination in, in a business sense, for me, it was, okay, well, I'm on my own. I need to grow my business. Where am I going to find new leads? And rule number one is take care of the people that you already have as clientele. And so for me, it's big about caring and it's treating each client equally as important because they are. And that's, you know, that's really important. And I think for many of us, let's relate it over to chiropractic then too. As chiropractors, I think many of us are trained to always go grab new patients, new patients that, you know, the amount of new patients you have coming in is, is a big deal. Well, it is, but so is, like you said, taking care of the people you already have, like making, maybe making those email newsletters or continuing your social media for the, the patients that are already following you or are already with your practice so to say so what information do you continuously put out is it mainly social media do you do newsletters what does it look like yeah no so for me the mentality is to create the raving fan right so if your client is a raving fan about your business they're going to be your best referral source so that's number one but then you can really blow it up on social media and people want to work with you if they know like and trust you and so if you're a likable person you know, not everyone's going to like you, even if you are a likable person, but you're going to find people that match your personality. And social media gives you the ability to really show your brand and show who you are. And so 
just like this we're live right now so our personalities are here where this isn't fake we're not putting on a show like we are putting on a show but we're being each other right yeah, so for sure um and social media gave me the ability to grow my business grow my brand and i was purely focused on growing my business online with my social media but guess what old clients started reaching out. Hey, I saw your videos. I really liked them. Hey, I need to get in and get back training with you. Yeah. And so all of a sudden my business started growing in person when that wasn't even my focus. It was just to put out my brand, put out the focus of what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to grow online. And sure enough, I was getting texts from old clientele, new clients. Now I train people all over the world. That's awesome. That's Cause amazing. I got in this to affect as many people as I can. And the online world has opened up so many doors that I didn't know were there initially. And one thing that's pretty cool about social media also, I'm sure that you've seen some of this, right? So let's just relate it to what you do. Let's have a third party or somebody that you already work with then refers you someone else, right? That other person has heard good things about you, but may not know quite a bit, right? They haven't seen you on social media, whatever it is. So they're kind of coming into this maybe a little bit skeptical, right? Yep. But the people that follow you on social media and then link up with you, they already know you. It's a totally different deal. What you're selling on, like they already want to work with you. Isn't that a pretty interesting dynamic there? It's very interesting. It's a very good point. So the unique thing about online and using social media is truly you feel like you know a person before you've even met yeah. them. And I've seen that time and time again. There are people that I used to, I've followed for years on social media, truly, because they're influencers, they're in their own right. Yeah. And now it's getting to the point where I've met a few of those influencers and now they're friends of mine, they're clients of mine. And it's just like, it's crazy because like, I know a 10 year history about a person because of social media. Right, right, right. And then all of a sudden I meet him, I'm like, this is a celebrity to me, but then wait, no, it's just a real person. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're working together. So True. I find it really interesting. I mean, to give yeah. you a great example, I was just at Bay Hill two, three weeks ago. I took a handful of my clients. We went on a golf trip just to spend time with them, yeah. which was awesome. So we're sitting at the bar and down sits a guy to my left and he goes, I know you. And I go, what do you mean? I go, I, I've never seen you before. And he goes, <laughs> you're the guy I follow on social media. Your stuff's awesome. And I'm like, that's wow. Badass. In my small world, I'm Damn, a celebrity to him. That's cool. He can't believe he's sitting there talking to me. So I'm like, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> that's really cool though. Yeah. And I love that social media, you can get a vibe for people as long as, as long as the person that you're following is the real person, right? Is, right. is them. And that is tough. Cause I have met a few people that, I mean, maybe they're just other chiropractors that we follow each other online. We've chatted a little bit, and then you meet in person. Like, eh, I don't see. I don't see the same thing that I that you put out. And I, it's not. I use chiropractic as an example, but I've seen it across the world. Fitness instructors, or across the the map, I should say. Uh, you know, a lot of different people that will come up, and you're just like, ah. Or maybe somebody you've met in person, you're like, damn, I wish that you put out on social media everything that you do in person because you'd be incredible. Yeah. You see that a few times, I'm sure. Well, no doubt. I mean, my rule of thumb when I'm doing social media is be authentically you. Yeah. Like that is the most important thing. I want to be authentic because I want those people to know, like, and trust who I am on social media is who I am in person. And that way just like you said the, there's nothing more frustrating than thinking you know someone from social media yeah. then you meet them in person and they're just not the person you like yeah so i get it i get it uh but yeah you know as we're talking social media wise i think it's it in my experience it's been a totally different selling point i would say somebody that was referred into you third party 
versus someone that comes into you off of social media. So doing it right is very beneficial. It's amazing when that person comes to you and they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm sure you get that a lot then, especially with those online clients that want to work with you golf wise. A hundred percent because of the life that I live in person, I'm so used to it. But when you take it and explode it out onto social media, there's some really cool stories that I get to share that people get to hear about that are really awesome to them. And to me, it's just my everyday life. And I kind of realize like, whoa, if I step back, like, yeah, I just had an hour long conversation with Bryson DeChambeau about how to hit hit a golf ball farther, how to hit it 380 yards in the air. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, that's not a normal conversation, but you know, I'm in my wheelhouse. We're just talking shop and having a good time. And so I get to use social media to kind of explode that, share those conversations that I have with touring pros, Mm -hmm. um, share those victories I have with guys who came into me with low back pain a week later, they're pain free. Then they go and they win their club championship. Those are stories that need to be told and spread. And obviously that's going to turn clients into potential or potential clients into clients because they hear good stories. They want to hear and relate to your content. No, I, I agree with that 100%. So let's rewind just a little bit. I, I, sorry, guys, we got a little off track as I was just getting into the you know the good stuff of what Boehner has to offer. But let's rewind a bit. Now, you came to Dallas, and, and you had the opportunity to work with big names. You know, you've mentioned a few, but Jordan Spieth was a big one as you were going through, uh, I guess, 2000. What years did you I came here in, in 2011, okay. and I've worked with touring pros off and on still to this day yeah. yeah and so you know at that point in time you worked with a different group right you were a part of yeah a, like a team how many people were you with uh it varied anywhere usually i would say on average there were four of us um i was working for the main guy and then i was kind of the number two and so their tour players obviously travel mm-hmm. so but if you have say 10 of them on your team some are out on tour some are back at home so when the tour players were gone i was always back at home base kind of running the show got it and so um, I had the opportunity to work with many touring pros, but also I started working in the junior fitness business for golf. Got it. Um, and so really what happened was I was meeting these really elite junior athletes, junior mm-hmm. golfers, anywhere from 14 to 18. And they grew up and they became really good college golfers and turned into touring pros. That's um, amazing. And it's crazy when I go back through because like, you know, Scotty Scheffler was a person that walked yeah. through the training floor, and now he's a PGA Tour player. He's a new yeah. up-and-coming yeah. tour player. He's doing great. It's good to see him out there. Um, Jordan Spieth was a junior, and when he was a junior and going through the program, he was kind of what really blew us up because he was having success at the age of 16. Yeah, you know, He went and played in the Byron Nelson, I think, at 14 and placed 11th, I want to say. So when Jordan was getting all that success – every junior in town once they found out that he was training with us everyone was training with us and so which is pretty awesome that's pretty wild so i was just running the junior program working with all these great athletes amazing then a lot of them turned out to be touring pros and so at that time you were primarily working golf fitness though correct correct not necessarily swing coach stuff yeah no so going from wanting to be the best golf instructor possible coming down here for fitness and kind of getting thrown into the fire with all these great junior athletes um, there was no way I was leaving that. I was having a blast. I was learning a lot, and I was, I was having the ability to affect golfers and help them play better and feel better, which was ultimately what I wanted to do as a swing coach. So I didn't really understand at the time that it was kind of the same job: help yeah. people enjoy the game that I love. 
And isn't it funny, like, I think we go into any job or situation, especially, you know, post-school, so chiropractic-wise, and we have this idea of, of what we want to do and, and the population we want to work with, right? Like, when I graduated, I wanted to work with pro football and, and pro hockey and all of those. And actually, at the time, one of the best groups and most fun groups that we worked with was, like, high school competitive girls soccer. But it was awesome. Like, they referred a lot of their uh, friends and a lot of their, you know, parents and everybody else. So, in turn, it's it's pretty wild, like, how you came in wanting to be that specific golf coach but found a niche even doing some of the other parts of it. But had you been all ego and, and pissed off that that wasn't quite the right fit for what you wanted, it could have gone horribly wrong. So, how do you f- kind of go with the flow and figure it out along the way? Yeah, no, I mean, I look at it as a journey and I was getting to affect lives the same way I would have had I been a swing coach. Yeah. And I also knew that the information that I was learning was going to make me a better swing coach in the long run. And what do you know, COVID comes around and uh, puts everyone's world upside down. A lot of people in the fitness business got hit hard because you weren't allowed to train in gyms. So right when that happened i instantly said okay it's time to go online and give this a shot and so by doing that i realized well now if i take my business online i can be the person that i always wanted to be now i get the combo the two golf fitness and golf swing coaching and so my online audience absolutely eats it up and loves it and i've been able to see awesome results with my online clientele and i'm having a blast doing it that's great dude and that's what's fun. And, and as so talk me through now when you were when you were with your group, right? And then you decided to break out and do your own. No, last summer I remember us having the conversation. You're like, Yeah, I'm I'm working on getting, you know, my my uh, golf coaching going, gonna do some online and then all of a sudden you went in hard, right? What was your what helped your decision like I'm I'm going all in right now? Yeah, I mean it's kinda you got to be all in, especially with social media. What I learned is the consistency of being able to post every single day. And then it's a lot, it's a lot it's of work. Lot. Yeah. You got to figure yeah. out a system. And yep. so I created a system. Now I'm posting every day. And now all of a sudden I'm creating viralness. And so all of a sudden videos that I would post, you know, I used to be excited when I'd get a thousand views. Now I get excited when I see 250,000 views. Yeah, it's amazing. And then having the ability to communicate with these people they're raving fans they're golf addicts and they're talking to me and i'm exchanging these things and i'm not even selling but yet i'm selling so it's so fun for me like and then like last night i closed a client from chile and i've closed a client from madrid so that's so awesome i love traveling the world and the fact that i get to train people from all over the world it's pretty awesome that is really awesome One thing that I learned from you and that we've talked a lot about also, so I think at least, how old are you? I am 33. 33. All right. So we're, yeah, we're pretty much same age. But so when, uh, you know, when, when we, I guess, are growing through the social media process, right? I think a lot of us have been taught or just mentally see that the more likes, you know, and and the more popularity and all that stuff means that your page is doing well, right? But what I thought was really cool is that maybe some of your posts only have 40 likes, right? But they've got a decent amount of comments. But when you show me the insights, right? I mean, they've got, you know, 
50 saves and, you know, 40 sends and all of that stuff. So when you really start breaking down some of the information, there's way more value than just looking at the page and seeing how many likes and comments somebody's info has. Because if it's getting shared out, if it's getting pushed, people are saving that for a later date. It's amazing. Like some people just don't interact. Right. For whatever reason, they're just an audience, but they utilize the information. They're just, they don't like to interact. I don't know why, but. Well, it, it kind of goes the same with sales, right? So they say it sometimes takes seven seven interactions to close a sale, True, which yep. is way more than most people think yep. or even attempt. Um, social media is the same way, but I would magnify it and say it's 10 times harder. So yeah, you, you have to be in contact with a person 50 times, right? So yeah. that means 50 posts. And that means not every post is a sales pitch it's True. just that it's me speaking to their problems right yep. so i know yep. you i know your problems and just keep listening and sure enough one of these days you're going to dm me and you're going to ask me a question and then we're just going to naturally go through the flow ebb and flow of a sales process um and that's what's been so interesting by the time they reach out to me i've know i've got them hooked because if you go to my social media all it is is constantly talking about all the issues that they've got going on in their golf swing or body. Yeah, it sounds a lot like. Have you read uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, uh, Jab Jab Cross or Jab no. Jab Right Hook, whatever it was? Something Familiar. Like that. Yeah, but so it's basically talking the same concept that you can't sell on every single post that you have, otherwise people get turned off by that too. So if you're adding value, adding value, adding value, and then all of a sudden you do ask for a sale of some kind, whatever that looks like your ROI is, is much higher. And so to your point, I, I totally agree. You're just adding so much value that hopefully people are, are turning that into uh, to action, I guess, right? Well, exactly. And then you turn your your current clientele into testimonials. Because yeah. obviously if you're putting everything into them and they're getting the results that you expect them to get, then you want them to share those stories and then it just builds and churns and builds and churns and it's only going to grow right if you if right. i keep showing up and i keep doing what i'm doing and i keep pro providing results for my clients they're going to be excited to share their stories and those stories are going to lead to more clients no doubt and it's amazing like how many different levels of your business there are right i mean you have your golf coaching you have essentially your fitness right yep. so swing fitness you have what you do online, your social media. I mean, you hit a lot of different levels. Just so that you guys know too, last year I started working with Coach Banner. And I mean, at the time, I felt like my golf game, I was wanting to take it to another level. I mean, I could play or at least mingle around a course, but I didn't really know what I was doing wrong. And it made for some frustrating rounds because that's when it was starting to creep up to upper 90s and even over 100 and just having no clue what was going on. And that's probably one of the more frustrating things that you see on a regular basis. Would you agree? Yeah, no. So I've got a unique frustration and honestly, <laughs> COVID has given me the opportunity okay. to prove I'm right. All right. And so my biggest issue is most golfers are just not good, right? Uh -huh. It's a tough sport. <laughs> that's, that's true. And yeah. so I want to fix that. Yeah. And the way that we go about fixing that currently the way the PGA would say you fix it is you go and you take an hour in person lesson. Yeah. And so if you want to get better, you take more lessons, you spend more money, you spend more time on the lesson tee with a swing instructor. But that model is broken because 
guess what happens? If I go and I can constantly take lessons with a swing instructor and spend an hour with them, they're always there to answer all my questions and take away my independence. True. So caddy, right? Like having caddy. Exactly. So any great athlete has a enormous amount of self-discovery. You know, I see Bryson in the hitting bay self-discovering for hours upon hours. He's not in there with his swing instructor telling him what to do, what position to get in all this. Yeah. And so the online world gives me this ability to come in, see their swing, coach over it, and then tell them what we're going to work on through X amount of drills and exercises. They go execute for a period of time, and then eventually they check back in with me with videos. And so therefore, I'm not there 24-7 with them, watching them hitting a ball, being like, yep, you did this right, nope, you did this wrong, yep, you did this right, which creates this sense of like, when I go play golf, now all of a sudden, my swing instructor, he's not there. Yeah, yeah. You can't play golf if you're relying on the swing instructor. You have to be self-dependent or independent, and you have to use that self-discovery phase to become a player, a golfer. Yeah, that's very true. I guess maybe it was you even then. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing myself say it, but I guess it was probably you that planted that even to me, you know, yeah. in, in my head when you're like, look, I'm trying to give you the tools so that you can figure it out. Exactly. Right? And that was kind of the, like, aha. Because now when, when I'm on the course, it's not always a great score. I mean, I've – I've so in the year to, to kind of finish out that thought, I guess it hasn't even been a full year yet, probably 10 months-ish that we've worked off and on. That's I mean, right. winter, we weren't able to do as much or just didn't do as much. I couldn't hit, but I, I don't know. I, then I say that and we played once or so. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get out as much as I could. But anyway, uh, you know, now we're hitting into the low 80s and, you know, I've crept really close to 70s a couple times. I mean, a year ago, I, that wouldn't have even been possible. Right. Um, I would have had to get super, super lucky and everything go right. But now what happens is when I'm on the course, you know, I'll hit certain shots and things will happen. And at least now I have an idea like, oh, that ball was too far forward in my stance and I'm, it's, you know, fading out right. Okay, we can move it back a little bit to correct that or draw or, or whatever. Or hand placement. I mean, there are, you know, there are a million different things, but the little stuff that we worked on, then I can kind of start like, okay, I, I get that reaction cause or that that move caused this result right exactly you're an educated golfer now and most golfers aren't educated most golfers are going out there and they're applying what they were told in their lesson but not understanding ball flight laws understanding why the ball curves the way it does is it club face is it path is it grip is it stance is it posture they're questioning all these things well how the heck do you play the game if you don't (laughs) know the answers yeah so that's the way I've built the online business and it's fun for me to feel like I'm changing the way people think about it because the number one question I obviously get from an online client can you really help me if it's online is this really going to work but I can tell you every person who's worked with me online has stayed month and month and month again because they're getting results they're getting better and it's fun yeah well and the way that you do your coaching too is is very I think simplistic like you find ways that work for the other person and you know we've gone through multiple different sessions where we're trying to figure out what will click um but i love you know made a post a little while ago you did a voiceover for me you took a video uh you did a voiceover and drew some lines based on the knowledge that we already had built and you probably more knowledge with others and, and maybe change it up for for a different group but it was really cool to see the overlay and i think anybody could take that and understand it right the way that you explained it and right. broke it down and i think that was proof that it can be done 
you know, virtual a hundred percent. Well, and then what's unique about it is, you know, I get to look back and say, if I didn't do those 10 years of strictly golf fitness and yeah. I didn't have that understanding of golf swing technique and biomechanics, would I be as good of a coach as I am now? And I would say a hundred percent no, because what I learned in the, all those intensive years I had in specifically golf fitness is I had to understand why someone moves the way they move and how to change it in the most efficient possible manner for sure well what is golf if you have a if you have a crappy swing pattern I've got to fix the pattern but now I also understand what's going on in the body you know it might be limited external rotation in the shoulder right yeah. it might be lower cross syndrome upper cross syndrome, whatever it may be well I know not only know how to fix that but I also know how to change the way someone moves so to fix someone's golf swing online, I have that knowledge to combine the two to help expedite the process. Yeah. Well, so let's talk like the relation of, of chiropractic again in this scenario, because what you brought up were some muscle imbalances and, and different things that maybe to some are more technical terms like shoulder, internal, external rotation, you know, upper cross, lower cross, whatever it is. How do you find that it works best for you to take a semi-complex idea right or maybe more complex and break it down to something simple so that people can use because we get patients in our office every day that need that just base level terminology it's just not something that they're used to they're not stupid they just don't know because they haven't been to school for four or eight years they don't have real world experience it's just not what they're used to so what has been your process to somewhat simplify things but then also take it up a notch if need be yeah, no, I mean, I always speak to my clients as if they were a third grader. That's yeah. kind of like the mentality, and especially in the online world, because, again, you want it to be simple. If, <laughs> right, I, if I talk right. above everyone, yeah. they're instantly, instantly going to write me off because this guy's an arrogant prick, basically. Yep, yep. So um, knowing your audience is step one. And so um, I've just created a bunch of systems over the time, over the years. I know all the same questions I'm going to get because eventually you've hit them all. And so I just keep it really simple, like the best simple example. And this isn't a scientific way of saying it, but like when we talk about foam rolling, right? Yeah. So most people are like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Don't know how to use it or I use it, but am I really doing it right? I don't know. And I'm like, okay, let's keep it really simple here. So your quad, for example, it's a rope and it's got a bunch of knots in it. Before we go and stretch the rope, we want to go in and break down all the knots. So when you roll and you feel that tension, that hot spot, spend time there, undo the knot, and then we'll stretch the quad. And person's like, okay, that makes sense. And then, then they do it the rest of their lives and they feel better. And so it's finding those tricks and those simple answers that gets them to relate. And all of a sudden it puts importance on it. And it's something that they would have never done. They see it in a gym. Foam rollers are in every gym. But now all of my clients come in and the first thing they do is they help on a foam roller because they know the benefits. They know how they feel. They fly in a plane and they travel with a foam roller. All I have to say is you're going to feel better when you do this. And now they know. And and how important is explaining the why behind something? Whether, it's, whether it has to do specifically with your business or has to do with the clients or the patients, whatever it is, explaining the why seems to just it clicks with people, right? Yeah. Versus you just saying, I need you to do this or do this, however you want to express it, right? I I would like you to do this because this is going to be the result or we're going to produce this. What well, difference has that made for you? Well, I'm in a very unique position. When a client comes to me, the first time they come and see me, 
we already kind of know their problem, right? They're either they're going to walk in there say, you know, I have low back pain and I want to play better golf. Well, for me, okay, that's simple. So you have pain. That's your why. You want to get out of pain. And then, you know, and I'm having this conversation. So I'm all, every single session I'm asking questions at the beginning, whether they know it or not, I'm trying to figure out their why for today and for the big picture. And so everything in that session is tied back to the why. So if you're in pain, you know, sometimes a client might have the mentality like, uh, I probably shouldn't work out today because my back hurts. And I'm like, no, that's the perfect time to reach out to me and come to me because I can work with yeah. that. I can help you yeah. get out of pain and then go see Dr. Pennell afterwards and let's reinforce what we're doing. So yeah. it's a team. We're, we're correcting the issue um, through movement and through soft tissue work. And all of a sudden we've got an athlete that's healthy and they're buying into the process because experience. I've done this for a long period of time. I've gotten results with clients. They've heard about it from other people. So they know, like, and trust. And it's not really that hard for me because I'm kind of teed up for success when they walk in the door. That's awesome. I love it. Well, and so what are some of the the tips, I guess, that you would carry over? You know, you worked with some of the big pros. You worked with general population. Did you learn something specifically working with that group that has tailored over to you know, who you work with now at this time? Yeah. I mean, when you work with touring pros, you, you wouldn't believe me if I told you this, but they're just human beings too. So we're all dealing with the same things, whether it's shoulder pain, elbow pain, low back pain. So we're still every day assessing, correcting, and then getting into a normal workout. Right. And so, um, you're going to have your pros that are all in on every step of the process. They travel, they eat right, they foam roll, they stretch, they ask questions when they need to ask questions. Um, and then you've got your other athletes that are like, eh, if I work out and get sore today, I won't have as good of a practice session. So I don't really want to work out hard. But if I never work out hard, then I'm never going to get through this barrier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, so they deal with the same things that my average yeah. client works with. and But what I've personally found is that I have a lot more fun working with the average Joe because there's a lot more problems that are pain-related. And helping someone go from pain to pain-free for me is, I call it emotional income. That's what makes it fun for me. And it's also different, right? Like people are working with you. Like let's say somebody hires you as their golf instructor that's general population well they're not golfing for their job that's a it's a different like you may want to play well and and compete with your buddies or compete in local tournaments or whatever it is but at the end of the day you don't make your money off of it so it's, it's a different type of relationship i'm sure yeah well i mean i personally feel like my ability to help a professional athlete is much less than it is to help the general population yeah. because to go from pain to no pain right. I can't enjoy the game I love to complete enjoyment. I can play as much as I want. I can play when I want. I'm hitting the ball better than I have before. They're texting me every time they're having those small victories, which are big victories. And for me, that's fun. I'm building a culture around me of see a problem, fix a problem, see a problem, fix a problem. And all these people are, it's building, building, building to the point where now I can affect people all over the world. I agree. Well, one thing, I'm sure that you can attest to this. Some things that are fun, if, you're, if your goal as a chiropractic student is to work with college-level, high school, professional athletes down the road, keep that goal unless it changes over time and you feel like it doesn't fit you anymore because there are some fun parts in regards to when you tell 
a college athlete, a professional athlete to do something, the response that you get is so different, right? Like yeah. they're able to do that shit that you want them to do right off the bat, or if they care enough anyway, you just get a totally different response. Um, but it is interesting to dive into people's goals as you talked when you are finding out the why with what's going on. Um, their goals tend to really guide their motivation to do what you want them to do. Uh, let, let, yeah, let me cut yeah, in there. So go for it. That's an important point because, again, being in the fitness world, if you just look at me as a, a trainer, for example, other trainers are at a much bigger disadvantage than I am, the way I see it. Because when someone walks in and they love golf, they're an addict. Yeah, so for sure. they will do anything to play anything, better golf. Yep. So for me, <laughs> yes, yes. I already it's an easy sell yeah. because oh you love golf, I can talk golf and yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah. you stories all day, but I also can help your game and help the way you feel. So no win, 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 you know. Sign Absolutely. me up. How much? Let's go. Yeah, and that's why I think that people will go to providers. So if if you're a provider and you know you're a chiropractor, you want to work with uh, let's say your sport was football and you want to work with football athletes, great. You can probably really talk the talk with them, and it's fun for you, right? When you're a football guy and you start treating all runners and running isn't your thing, it's pretty tough. It's yeah. not nearly as fun. It's hard to connect. And unless you're getting out there and running with the group every weekend, it's, it's difficult. But, again, if you're a golfer, you like golf, it's amazing even in the office as we've kicked up more golf. And, obviously, it's something that I enjoy too. But we get a lot of people that golf comes up in conversation, and, you know, even a, a you know patient today, she's like, oh, yeah, my, my fiancé loves golf. Oh, he needs to come see it, right? Like little things like that just because it comes up in conversation, whatever it is you like. It doesn't have to be golf. No. Uh, but finding those things and then playing off of it because you just enjoy it. It's, it. it's so different the way that you radiate when it's something that you enjoy. Well, you can't BS golf. Golf, The golf language is <laughs> no, you can't. is not easy if you don't know it. True. It's kind of funny to talk to people that have no clue about golf. That's a good like, point, yeah. I, I married, the person I married doesn't know anything about <laughs> golf. Now she does because yeah. she knows me. But when she would talk, well, what is the number nine on the bottom of a club? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's a good point. And you start explaining basically why right. is it called the green? Everything's green. Yeah. A wow. Great point. Valid I'm, point also. Like, I love these questions. It makes me think. And so hmm. – Whenever it comes to people working with me, uh, yeah, if you can't speak golf at a high level, then good luck in my industry because as a golf fitness provider, yeah. they expect you to be able to speak the language. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you've sent me a couple people in the past that whether they're general population or, or some higher level athletes, we'll put it, uh, I think, yes, just being able to at least understand where they're coming from, right? We may not be able to totally be on the same page if it's a if it's a professional in, in any level and I haven't played pro golf, pro football, whatever. Yeah, it's a little hard to totally relate, but at the same time you at least understand it enough to 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 get where they're coming from with whatever they're experiencing. Yep. So it puts you in in the same uh, same realm anyway. So you you broke off we'll go back to starting your own business because I think this is really intriguing and a lot of what you have to offer and the growth that you've seen over the past six to 10 months has been like significant. Yeah. Uh, so you started and we'll just go back to Instagram cause that's primarily where your focus has been. Right. Mm -hmm. So you start out maybe what a thousand followers and they're primarily people that friends, maybe some golf yeah. people, whatever it was. And you kind of just change a page right there to all golf. Yep. Just, just golf it, nonstop. Yeah, yep. it went from personal to professional. Yeah, yeah, and and business focused. And so, 
I went through that. I think it's been 10 months, something like that. And so I started out with somewhere around 1500 followers. Now I'm up to like 6,600, which is hard work. No um, doubt. It never stops. Uh, and that growth definitely has an impact because of the way I built it on my business. You can grow followers and still not, and it can still not turn into ROI. Agreed. The whole purpose for what I do is focus around ROI. Yep. Provide, providing content that's going to help my clientele. Yep. And then it's going to bring leads in the door. And then it's up to me to close it and pr produce results. If I produce results, it just keeps growing. A business account, you guys have to understand, is very different than a popularity account. Like, it's just what you get out of it is totally different. Go to somebody's page that is popular and look at a lot of their comments. It's like you go to a, a female's, and I'm not saying it's just female, it's male too, but a lot of it is the buddies and friends commenting, oh, you're so pretty, oh, I love this, oh, whatever. Like, that's not going to get you any ROI. That's not stuff that physically relates to your business. Now you start putting out content that actually is educational for people and whatnot. Then look at the information there and it's it's different. Somebody may look at your account that already has a lot of followers. Oh, like 6,000 is not that much, but you talk about 6,000 quality yeah. leads and that is very, very different. Well, in the perfect example is as reels are kind of blowing up yeah. right now um, and so have mine, the beauty of reels is they get going and then all of a sudden yep. they're on the search page and people from all over the world that like golf start seeing it. And so as soon as they go into it, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to go look at my page. And if they look at my page and all the content is speaking to them, yeah. now they're going to follow me. Yep. And so that's how I've grown my business around very targeted followers. So all of them fall in the niche of they love golf yep. basically. Yep. And I've, you know, we've talked at different points in time, like, you know, a month after you started stuff and whatnot. And it seemed like the snowball was, was starting to roll and it's just gotten bigger and bigger. Um, even probably a couple months ago now, now I haven't put the same type of effort in that you have at this point, but I changed my account from like kind of playing around with some just fun things, family stuff, whatever, to now it's it's primarily just chiropractic and it's just that side of the business. And it's amazing how it, it's taken a little time for it to tweak because years and years it was very different. It, it had a little chiropractic, but I was never really taking that role with social media. But, you know, taking that approach that you have, I, th I think it's great. And I think if you really want your social media to be business related and you really want to create ROI, you do have to go all in on the thing that you're you're talking about or the thing that you're passionate about in order to see those results. 100%. And I can get better. I know I can. I'm kind of hard on myself every single day because, like, yeah, I'm getting to a point where I, I post every single day. I have for 10 months now. Yeah. But I could be more on lives. I could be posting stories every single day. But eventually there's only so much time. So you got to figure out what's pr producing the most ROI. Definitely. What's worth your time. And uh, eventually you'll grow to a point where you can bring on a virtual assistant. And like that's kind of my goal right now. I'm getting to a point where I want to bring someone on. And that's the beauty of business. And it, it's changed no so much. I mean, we're talking about bringing on a virtual assistant. Like, yeah. Never in my life. Amazing. I would have thought it would have been a person physically sitting beside yeah. me. But that's <laughs> not the world we live in now. So That's so awesome, though, even even having that opportunity. So if you had uh, you know, a chiropractor sitting next to you and he was wanting to do, or she was wanting to do more online business, you're like, yeah. but so much of what we do requires us to be there in-house right adjusting and that is that's true mm -hmm. How, from a creative standpoint what do you think somebody could do 
to grow somewhat of an online business or, or grow an online following more towards chiropractic. Well, I'm sure in your industry, it's the same as any industry, right? There's industry experts. There's people that you look up to in your industry. For sure. And you'd probably pay to go listen to them speak. Um, so if you create your own authenticity and your own following, you can go out there and you can grow a business to where you're talking to other chiropractors and telling no them how to improve on their business, how to improve on their technique. Let me show you technique. Like there's endless ways to grow businesses. People just haven't, you got to think outside the box. You got to think what makes you different, what makes you valuable within your niche. No doubt. Well, and I think once you dive all in and people can see that, it may take them a little time. You may catch a little flack for it along the way, depending on where you're going from and what you're doing. It's all out of love, though, you know, and, and as you continue to grow, people just start. It's amazing how the criticism changes to more of like questions, right? Like, oh, you know, hey, actually, I got this ache and pain. And now you're helping people because now you've just established yourself as the expert because you've just kept it going, right? Yeah. I mean, how many posts of yours initially probably got 10 likes, 12? I mean, I don't know. but A lot. Yeah, you know, you, you grew it to where now, like you said, some of your reels are getting into the hundreds of thousands of views. And I don't, you just have to keep going, I guess. Would you agree? Yep, and you have to listen to your audience, right? They tell you what they want. So if you create... If, if you're good at creating catchy posts and that you do get a few messages or DMs, they're going to tell you what they're interested in, Definitely. what they like. So then, oh, guess what? Now I know what I need to create next week on my content. And then all of a sudden it just grows and grows and grows. And then eventually you've done it long enough to where it's always the same stuff. You just got to yeah. find a different way to say it. And let's face it, that's whether I recycle recycle things that you've said, somebody else, you know, a newer chiropractor recycles things that I've said, it's all just recycled information. 100%. You know, and, and yeah, you're just saying it a little differently or you're repeating it with a different style or whatever it is. It's like, it's all the same stuff. So then guess what? What makes you unique is you being yeah, authentic, right. right? So if they fall in love with you, they'll do business with you. Yeah, but if they don't you like go. you, then you're wasting your time. And to your point, you know, you said earlier, no matter how likable you are, sometimes people just, it doesn't click. Right. And I think as, as chiropractors, we also have to understand, and especially students that early on, you almost take offense to like how much effort you're putting in and, and people maybe don't click the same way. And it's like, look, the way that we offer things is just, we want to fit as many people as we can, but we're also doing the best at what we do. And if it doesn't fit for your particular style, I mean, okay, I understand, you know, yep. like it's not, Hey, good, go for it. You know, we care and we want to cater to these people, but there's only so much effort that you can put in to get people to fit your bubble of, of need. And I think if you try to expand other ways, you don't win and neither do they. It's awesome when you get to a point where you get to turn clients away when they're not a good fit and, and, yeah. you, and you set them up with someone that they're going to be fit yep. with, right? You make sure you provide value and you get them someone who can provide the solution as well. Like, you know you can, but it's just not a good fit. Yeah, uh, I've had to do it multiple times in business, and that's really good. Because early on when I didn't have to, I couldn't do that because I was trying to make money. And I would keep a client, and I'd be like, you know why I don't want to keep this client now? It's because they're not going to talk positively about me. They're not putting yeah, in the work. True, true. And so now all of a sudden they're saying, well, when I work with Andrew, I'm not getting results. I'm like, uh, but the thing is, you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you don't have a raving fan, and you don't want that. So True. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a valid point as well. 
And that's why, you know, you can't, you also can't talk bad about other people's businesses. Like for, I just keep thinking Cairo and Reich, a lot of people come into us and, and we won't get into like specifics, but there are other groups that maybe it's a cheaper, you know, deal, or maybe somebody else wants to do x-rays and all these visits. They're just different forms of trying to get to the same end result. And everybody's got a different price point that they can fit. Everyone's got a different need, time frame, whatever it is. We do what we do, and, and we do it really well. Um, I'm not going to talk bad about another pe- person's business because guess what? Just like they came from somebody else to me, I guarantee you, I know it for a fact, people have come from me and gone to somebody else too because for whatever reason, that wasn't a good fit. Yeah. So you know, you also have to look at which side you fall and make sure that you're caring for all those around you also. And I want to loop this into something that, you know, when you were back working with teams and, and still now, uh, you know, with within a, let's say a professional's team. So let's take golf, for instance. You have to maintain that team type approach and confidentiality and all of those different things, right? Uh, otherwise, you're not part of the team anymore. Right. Uh, talk to those newer professionals as to what it's like to be part of that in-group and how you stay in that in-group. Oh, the most important thing, no doubt, is communication, right? So an athlete walks in the door, they tell me they have low back pain. I'm going to communicate that instantly to the sports medicine doc, um, mental coach, whoever that is, because we're all working on this together, and I'm also going to tell them what I did with them today, right? And so – I may sometimes get feedback from you and you see something that I didn't see because you're going to go through your assessment as well. And so having that open line of communication is huge, but it's also important that it actually happens on a consistent basis because I see people that communicate well up front and then it disappears or I see really poor communication and it comes back to what I said at the beginning, how any business grows is care. If you care, you will communicate. And if you communicate and care, it just grows. You have a good team. Yep. And trust that process, too, because initially people may appreciate it, but it, it takes time as well. But those, you know, those and it happens with personal trainers. It happens with uh, other orthopedic surgeons, MDs. I mean, fitness coaches, whoever, you know, relating what is going on with with care is so important because they want to know that, hey, if I sent somebody to Coach Banner, that he's got enough respect for me that he's either going to send them back when need be or he's going to update me so I didn't just lose that person in space. Because when you refer somebody, that's your person. That's right. your financial you know, situation, whatever. We're not. I don't want to look at, at other people as dollar signs because I just don't think that works very well in, mm-hmm. in chiropractic, probably for you in fitness as well. It's like you want to help people and the money follows. Uh, but but it all relates in the same you know, stream at the end of the day. So you want to make sure that your people are taken care of and you also know what's going on. Right. And so for you, that probably changes a lot of then what you do maybe in your next session after you've talked with the athletic trainer. Or oh, for the- sure. So the thing that makes uh, me probably very unique in the space is that anytime a client walks in the door, I don't have a program written out on a piece of paper. There's not a preset plan. There's an overarching plan, okay. but he walks in the door, we have a conversation, and that conversation is going to hugely impact that session Yeah. because my clients are working hard every day. And so when they come in, they're, they're playing a lot of golf, they're working hard, they don't feel great every single day. They yeah. don't get a perfect yeah, yeah. night's rest. They were out partying the night before. Yep. 
you know, we've all been there. Life happens. Yeah. Well, I have to undo all those things that happen. So my sessions are very custom For to sure. the day. Um, yeah, makes sense. Well, and so uh, while we were on the topic a little bit of the uh, – of what works well from a team standpoint, what can get you kicked out of the team pretty quick? Yeah. Talking bad about anyone else. Like that's Man, rule number time. one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just like you said earlier, like downplaying any team member. I mean, yep. I truly want to hear yep. what your opinion. And if it goes completely against mine, I've got to be able to back up and book. Okay. Maybe I'm missing something. And also that's a conversation that you and the healthcare provider have not you and your client. Client, correct. Right? Yes, correct. Um, man, even if you feel like another provider is doing something wrong, I would still go along the lines of saying, you know what, I'm sorry that you had that experience. You know, I'll, I'm sure that at that time they made the right call for what was going on, and then you go back and and discuss with them. Hey, you know, this person was expressing concern with this, you know, uh, and just talk about it behind closed doors and figure out what's going on because maybe you need mentally to get it figured out also uh, so that you guys can continue to refer patients. But a lot of times, again, even the patient communication is just misconstrued and it was something that was the right call by another provider. It just didn't work out correctly or the, the patient didn't understand it the same way. Sometimes it was a bad call. I don't know. But you try to protect each other in that in the best way possible that, that makes sense for the team too. hundred percent. And you're typically trying to surround the athlete with people that care about the client Correct. first. Yeah. And so if they care about the client first, well then I've got to say, okay, well they were trying to do what's best according to their knowledge. Yep. So let's figure it out and let's give them the, the, them the benefit of the doubt. Yep. hundred percent. Well, all right. So uh, as we're kind of rounding out some of the golf conversation here, you know, what is, what is something that keeps golf fun for you and should keep golf fun for other people? Man, uh, golf is fun because it's a never-ending journey. You know, there might be other sports that the harder you work, the better you get. Golf doesn't always tend to be that way. And so you, one day you have it, the next day you don't. And But you seem to always play 18, and you either hit a good putt or you hit a solid shot, and you're like, man, I want to go back and get, get back at it. Yeah. I might have just shot 45, but <laughs> – I want to go play tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, golf absolutely. is just, you know, yep. that, that hitting the sweet spot, nothing better. Um, yep. Making that long putt for birdie. Yeah, it's the little great. highs that keep you going back. Exactly. Right? And the fact that you can play it for fun, competitive, you can have a beer with the buddies. It can be a lot of different things, which keeps it oh, interesting, too. You're outside. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. Well, so what do you say to the new business professional, chiropractor, fitness, golf coach that wants to start his or her own business? and is a little nervous is a little scared is trying to figure out what the best route may be how do you do that soul searching how do you figure it out yeah so you got to be all in you got to take care of your first if you have five clients uh, you got to treat them with white gloves i mean you got to go above and beyond because they're your easiest way to grow your business they turn into leads and then all of a sudden again you grow you keep taking care of those clients and eventually you now have formed a niche. And with that niche, you focus on that niche and you exploit it on social media and you use your marketing skills to grow and grow and grow. You don't want to be a catch-all um, expert in your because you're not an expert. You have to be an industry expert in a very specific niche and it will make it much easier for you to grow and stay focused in your business. 
Yeah, 100%. And I think then that relates back to, I loved what you started out with, knowing your destination. Where do you want to be? And then map out what it actually looks like to get there. I mean, there are many times where I'll, I'll look at what we're doing. I'm like, man, I need to actually draw this out again because it's very different than what it looked like two years ago. Yeah. Well, we and we even had the conversation because whenever I was, you know, starting to grow on social media, we've had a couple definitely conversations yeah. on the side. And you know, one of the things I identified with you was you're like, why am I? You're, you're posting to post, but like, what is your purpose? Yeah. What's your destination? Definitely. And it made you think differently about everything. It and did. all of a sudden, you've changed it, yep. and now you're starting to understand that niche is now listening and following you, and it grows. It doesn't happen fast, yep. and um, the more niched out you are, the the higher your chance of growing faster because you're not speaking to everyone you're yep. speaking to those dot for me those diehard golfers yep. once you connect with them it grows Definitely. right but if, if i'm just saying you know i train all athletes and yeah, yeah i'll take yeah. anyone it's hard to separate myself from the competition yep and that's why i always we used to do networking groups and it you know the cute answer for chiropractors sam's like oh i treat anybody with the spine like all right yeah you know that, that's true but who do you really want to get after? Like, oh, I want to treat high school soccer players. Okay, well, now we can start narrowing that in. Or I want to treat shoulder injuries. Or I want to treat headache. You know, whatever it is. Do you think that finding your niche, though, is just about having fun? I mean, what what has brought you to that niche level? Because that can be difficult for people. Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's an easier answer for me because golf was my passion. Basketball sure. was my passion. Yeah. So. Um, and then knowing that golfers spend a lot of money on themselves whenever they're trying to improve on their sport. Yeah. And then I didn't know it initially, but what I learned quickly and I gravitated towards was when someone would come in, they would sometimes tell me like, you know, I would never be caught dead in a gym unless it was for my golf. Really? And I'm like, okay, okay. now yeah. I've caught something. So you're telling me that you're willing to work out with me and do anything I tell you to do uh -huh. purely because of golf. All right, so I've got a business. Now yep. I go after all those guys, and that's what's kind of shaped my entire business moving forward. Like I like working with, you know, call it your executives who are passionate about golf, they're members at country clubs, and uh, they're willing to spend the money on themselves to invest in themselves. Yep, and you probably find that along the way too, right? That's probably not – that wasn't your answer 10 years ago. No. It was – we work this, we work this, and then it just continues down to like, okay, now I'm seeing what really seems to work where I can provide the most benefit for others and where they're really jumping into what I provide. Oh, initially I was sports performance. Yeah. And yeah. I, it was a hard thing to commit to was saying, no, just golf. Yeah. Just golf. And eventually did it and never looked back. It was the most obvious thing. Once I did it, I was like, oh, well, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I, I mean, I feel like you and I could keep this rolling for a while, but uh, maybe we'll have to come back for a, a part two or maybe a reconvene here. In a it little might bit take two years the way you, <laughs> this first invitation took. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you in here again eventually, huh? Awesome. Well, hey, Coach Banner, love to have you on. Uh, tell us how people can find you. Uh, go to Coach Andrew Banner. That's my Instagram account, and that's the best way to find me. Communicate with me there. Uh, comment, DM me, and I'm there to help. Love it. Well, guys, thank you so much. Hope that you enjoyed the newest episode of the First Five podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Keep going, yeah, yeah, keep going, yeah.